Hello and welcome to the live stream of Odds on Serie A match day 9. This round of Italian culture will bring us some exciting clashes such as Roma Napoli and Inter Juve. We expect a lot of drama, a lot of goals and why not a lot of winning bets. My name is Danayo and I'm honored to be the host of Odds on Serie A together with our football and betting expert Danny Fisichella. Stay tuned to learn what tips and predictions Danny has prepared and I'm sure you'll be able to find a lot of value in them as always. Please like the video, hit the notification bell and subscribe to our channel to help us grow so we can keep delivering great content. Leave your comments in the live chat and we'll try to um, get back to you as quick as possible. So now, let's get on with the show. Danny. First of all, congratulations on last night, ACA of Champions League. You killed it, absolutely smashed it. Hi, Daniel. Well, thank you very much. Because, you know, I saw Alvaro getting it right the day before on Tuesday. So I said, well, I need, I need to do better. And, and actually, yeah, we got it right. But, you know, don't be modest. Don't be Mr. Modest because you got Chelsea 4, Malmo nil. What were the odds? Congratulations to know. you as well. I I wish that I bet some money, some money on it. It was just like, uh, you know, uh, sixth sense. It was just like coming from the above. <laughs> I just said four new without thinking about it. It wasn't prepared. So, but yeah, things like this happen. Unfortunately, I never bet on such predictions. <laughs> well, I hope I hope the people who listen to our tips sometimes put some bets because, you know, you can make some money. Obviously, gamble responsibly. That's Definitely, the advice. Yes. But, you know, we are here to give you some tips, a little bit of spice in in your weekend or mid -weekend. always always bet responsibly guys don't do anything reckless and you should be fine so now let's get on with Serie A on match day nine on friday we have torino and genoa i really love saying this in italian accent <laughs> this is an early kickoff game and the hosts are really struggling this season having just eight points to their name and unable unable to win four back-to-back -back games Actually, it's true that last two games were against some of the best teams in the league, yeah. uh, Napoli and Juve, and they lost both narrowly with just one goal margin. But I think something has to change for this team compared to what they did last season. Meanwhile, Genoa <clears throat> is in pretty bad shape themselves, sitting in 18th place with just six points and winners run extending to five in a row. In the previous match day, Genoa drew 2-2 against Sassuolo, and it seems like they're the underdog here, according to bookmakers. What do you well, think? Well, okay, let's start with Torino. I think uh, they have already slightly improved on last season. I don't think it looks so gloom as it did last season. They got three more points on the table than last year. They're playing more in uh, the last, uh, more in the front foot. They are more attacking, a little bit more of courage with Juric. And you know, um, at this stage last season, they already conceded 20 goals. So mm. far, they only conceded eight. So I think it's a much a tighter ship. What happens is that um, they don't capitalize a lot on chances. They miss a lot of chances, especially inside the box. Also against Napoli, they had a lot of great counters. They couldn't capitalize them with Brecalo. Uh, you know, if you look at the top scorer of Torino, it's Piazza, only with two goals scored. By the way, he's going to be injured for this one. They desperately hmm. need Belotti to start this game, which he probably will be, and to score some goals. They also got Mandragora out. So they got a few key players missing. However, they played Genoa, who perhaps is doing worse than 
them because they are the worst defense of the Serie A, already conceded 18 goals. Last year at this stage, they were bad, conceded 16. And in fact, they sack the manager and they go Ballardini. But this time, Ballardini is not finding the same uh, shape defensively. Often, he changes the tactics. He starts with five at the back, then changes to four at the back, as he did with Sassuolo, and things work a little bit better for them. But it's the start of the games that often uh, penalize uh, Genoa. However, Genoa is a team that score, can score. They got goal scorers, mm-hmm. and they got a great goal scorer, which is Destro. Already five goals scored this season. Last this season, he was in double figure. So be careful with them, even if they're not doing great, they can always uh, nick a goal. However, also, this is going to be a story of a few absentees for Genoa as well, for a defense that is so much under pressure, having to play without Maximovic and Van Udsen is going to be difficult, I think, to go to Torino, especially if, if Belotti is playing tomorrow afternoon. They're also going to be without Hernani. Last year, finished nil-nil in Torino. I can't see that happening again because I think Torino are more propositive. Genoa at the moment, they don't look as tight at the back. And, you know, Torino is unbeaten in the last four meetings between these two teams in Torino. Uh, Torino win, you know, not bad, 182, but I found something slightly better, which is over 2.5 goals, and that doubles your stake. That pays two. Hmm. Very interesting re- indeed. I think Belotti is the big uh, miss this season for Torino. You you can really tell how important this guy is for them. But hopefully he'll be back in shape soon. Next we have some Doria Spezia again on Friday night, only two hours later, at Luigi Ferrari Stadium. I ho- hope you said it correct. Correct. <laughs> Ferraris. Uh, it's Ferraris. Ferrari Stadium, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> They'll be hoping to get actually their first home win of the season. Three defeats and one draw is uh, what they have so far in their last four Serie A games. And the team really desires a win, I think. So far, they're the worst home team as well. Um, however, the bookies clearly favorite, favorite them here as, as, a, as a, you know, to get the home win. And the odds are well below two, 175. Well, you... I, yes. I think... I think uh, um... Sampdoria, perhaps they were a little bit uh, is a little bit uh, unlucky at the beginning of the season because they had um, is is they had a very difficult uh, calendar at the beginning, so it's not it's not easy to uh, for them to, to to come out of the block very uh, strongly because they played a lot of top teams. They do have um, they do have defensive issues. That's that's true. They've already conceded 16 goals, only won one game so far. So the change between uh, Ranieri and Aversa so far is costing them a little bit of defensive uh, frailty. They've conceded three goals in each of the last four games. So I think mm-hmm. it's a team that still doesn't got an identity. Whereas with Ranieri, they had an identity. They were uh, the mindset was mostly defensive. They were spending a lot of time in their defensive half of the pitch and then they were good at the counter uh they are as you said bottom of the table at home just two points mm-hmm. and um they're gonna miss a few key players for this one it's gonna be thorsby uh, it's gonna be suspended damsgaard who plays so well for denmark the euro is injured and quagliarella is playing 38 years old only scoring 
one goal so far this season. Mm. I think that's what he needs the help of Caputo up front uh, to get more, to get create more chances. Sampdoria doesn't create enough quality chances of so far. And now there is the derby because Spezia is in Liguria, so it's a, it's a Liguria derby uh, for them. And I can understand why Spezia Sozza was so high because obviously they were nearly promoted last year. They achieved salvation. They changed the manager. But it is a team that is picking up good wins so far. So far, two wins in the season, one against Salernitana, massive win. And, you know, the fact, the way Thiago Motta has reshaped the team, especially with Giazzi, used to play up front, now he plays as a wing back, that offer more threat, more, more pace on the wing. And, you know, again, we saw Zola up front. At the beginning, he didn't trust him a lot, but now he's, he's back up front. You can feel he hasn't scored yet, but he's present. He, you can can feel his presence of course um he's a young team so uh, he was gonna make mistakes spezia starting 11 against salernitana was the youngest team in Serie A so far 23 years and 200 days the average so they're gonna make mistakes sometimes they're a little bit naive they don't know how to sit deep and defend they always try to go forward mm -hmm. but in fact they cause trouble to Juventus they cause trouble to Milan they often conceded late uh, they are the worst defense of Serie A 20 goals conceded, and they're going to play against Sampdoria, that again is conceded quite a lot. An important game for this one for Spezia, uh, who actually, by the way, on Tuesday faces the other team of, Ge of Genova, Genoa, so double derby, uh, Sampdoria, Spezia, Spezia, Genoa. Look, I fancy Spezia for this one, uh, not maybe as much as to win, but why not going for a double chance? X2, double chance X2, either draw or a win for Spezia, that would be very, I mean, that would be historical for them a win there, 225. That's a really good uh, good prediction. Also, Spezia, you predicted correctly last uh, match day when you, you sold over 2.5 goals. So I guess uh, this team is just good for you to analyze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Here a way, the, yes. In the comment section, Ashley says both teams to score and over 2.5, which... Possible, possible, but uh, I think both teams to score doesn't pay too much, Ashley. 2.5 is probably below 180, 170. Yeah, why not? Maybe put it on your rack. Why not? Yes, good. We're moving on to Saturday, Salernitana, Empoli. Um, these both teams are newcomers to Serie A. Actually, they were promoted from Serie B, where they were significantly better. Uh, Salernitana looks really, really struggling this uh, year in the top flight football of Italia. Uh, having won just one in eight rounds, maybe they're going going back to Serie B. Who knows? Uh, but Empoli are a little bit better. However, they lost uh, their good momentum of two consecutive wins with two defeats in a row to Roma and Atalanta. Fair play to them. Difficult games. Always. Offensively, um, they look much better. They have nine points in the table and. Why not having a draw here? Because um, between them, I think there was not a draw previously. And yeah, absolutely. You're right. Last time he finished 2-0 uh, for Salernitana when they were playing Serie B last season, but Empoli beat Salernitana 5-0 in the same season. Two years ago, he finished 4-2 for Empoli in Salerno. So, you know, there are quite a lot of goals between these two teams. The big news is that Salernitana this uh, week has sacked the manager, uh, Fabrizio Castori. He's been sacked. Uh, okay. The management wanted a little bit more effort into Salernitana. They think the results were not coming 
coming. Actually, maybe it's a little bit unfair for the man who took them up to Serie A uh, to yeah. get the sack so early as mm. well. And now they went with Stefano Colantuono, who was, by the way, the manager in 2018. And is the last time he managed. So Scolantuono hasn't managed in the last three years, and he was a Salernitana back then, and he hasn't managed in Serie A since 2016, since he managed wow. Udinese. So it's quite a risk. He's very experienced. He managed Atalanta a few years in Serie A, etc. But he's not been in the top flight for a while. Let's see what he does. I think he's going to stick with a 3-5-2 uh, that he also likes to play. So it's not going to change much at the beginning. But see if he can... Revitalize the team, which by the way, I don't think Salernitana were doing that bad so far. They've also been very unlucky in a few games, they hit the post and the bar a few times. For example, when they lost against Atalanta, they didn't deserve to lose. Anyway, uh, they already collected four points at home. They had some tough games. They played Rome and they lost. Mm. Uh, let's see how they set up. I think at the at the beginning, they set up, they will still set up slightly defensive. Empoli is a little bit of a gambler's nightmare because they are much better <laughs> away than at home. You know, away, they only conceded two goals, like Napoli. At home, they lost all the games, but one, if I'm not uh, wrong. They lost against Atalanta 4-1, but they had chances. Uh, so they probably the, the scoreline was not a true reflection of how the game went. Andrea Zoli, the manager, was happy actually after the defeat because, you know, they had a few shots saved on the line. They scored an own goal. They attacked for most of uh, the second half. Also, you know, this is a team that needs to be praised because they try to play on the front foot. And this is the second youngest squad in Serie A. So again, you need to allow them sometimes to make some mistakes, to adapt. Uh, they're going to miss an important player rich in midfield but i trust empoli to to be to be better in this one than salernitana but i'm gonna be cautious i'm gonna go for a draw no bet which means basically if the if the game ends in a draw you have you haven't lost the stake if empoli wins you win 1.95 yeah this is basically the same as asian handicap zero Absolutely. just a little bit different markets and sometimes you can find a little bit better value compared, you know, depending on the bookmaker. Yes. Interesting about Empoli is they didn't have, they don't have a draw yet in Serie A. So uh, maybe, yeah, a clean win or the first draw of the season. We'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, moving on to Sassuolo Venezia. Another interesting game here. Uh, because uh, both teams are below the mid table and they have exactly the same. I think uh, points right now, and the, they're 14th and 15th in the table with eight points. Mm, for me personally, the odds for Sassuolo are very low comparing to what they are, what the picture says. Uh, but maybe I'm mi missing something. I don't know. No, I think the fact is that Sassuolo have been disappointed so far, whereas Venezia have been brilliant. So if Sassuolo, last year, at this stage of the season, Sassuolo was second in the table. Mm. They got 10 less points last season. So probably that's why the book is thinks they should be so favorite, whereas Venezia are newly promoted. The problem with Sassuolo this season, by the way, they changed the manager from the Zerbi to Dionisi, is that they are not putting games away. Like against Genoa, when they got chances, mm. they squandered them. They were 2-0 up, 2-1 uh, up then, and they miss a few chances with Raspadori, a few chances with Kamaka. For a team that has never been strong in defense, even with under the Zerbi, missing chances is a killer because 
uh, the, the opposition at some point they're gonna score also against inter at home they were good before the international break missed a few chances were unlucky inter came out on top and won uh, the game it is a team that doesn't keep many clean sheets sassuolo only kept two clean sheets so far but in the game at Genoa, we saw some interesting uh, things. For example, the partnership Raspadori Scamacca for the first time. So that was good. That was working. You know, Genesi didn't put Boga and put Raspadori and Scamacca. Scamacca, the physical player, he scored two goals. Tolijan, the cent uh, on the right back, pushing very high, as he used to do with the Zerbi, providing the assist, also really good. But Venezia, the story of the season so far, such a young and fit team and courageous, playing on 4-3-3, always trying to break quickly and, you know, with good passers of the ball in, in midfield, uh, you got Ampadu holding midfielder, uh, you've got Haps, who is former uh, former fan of plays in a left back, Buzio, the American, this is interesting and also up front, someone really exciting as Jonsen, Ron Jonsen, the, uh, the, um, the Norwegian, might not be, might not be there because of an ankle injury, Henry, Aramu, an exciting bunch, I would say, and I think Zanetti, the manager, Paolo Zanetti, is now finding the right formation after changing a lot in the first uh, couple of weeks. Look, I'm expecting goals in this one, the, both to score it's too low as an odd. Uh, so why don't you go with an over 1.5 goals in the second half, you know, when the games might open up a little bit and that pace 183. Always can count on you having variety of bets, mixing goals on first half, second half. That's really, really great thing I admire about you. We have a visitor from Ghana. Hello, Ghana. What's the time Hello. there right now? And uh, aloha from Hawaii. Afternoon, I, I guess I think it's afternoon, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Huh? He'll, he'll, he'll tell us in a minute. I think it's the afternoon. Yes, international audience, and we are both international as well. <laughs> Moving on to Bologna and AC Milan, we finally have some uh, better teams here to comment on. Uh, Milan, who produced a lot of goals between them in their last eight head-to-head uh, -head games, actually. Um, the fans are definitely pleased that their good run this season is uh, in the Serie A, having won seven and drawn just one and still going unbeaten in Serie A. However, in the Champions League, uh, exactly the opposite. Three defeats, with most recently losing to Porto last night with 1-0. Yeah. I'm sure Pioli's men uh, will need to win to boost their morale and keep the pace with Napoli because they're still two points uh, away from the top. However, Bologna are a tough host with three wins and a single draw. They haven't lost a match at home and they defeated Lazio last time. So is it is it safe to expect a tough game for Milan? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Milan coming back from the Champions League is never easy than to play an away game. And, you know, against Porto, Milan went back to earth. Uh, I think they realized that when you go to Europe, the quality is very high. Milan hasn't been playing in the Champions League for a few years. So, yes, they perhaps deserve more against Atletico. They did okay against Liverpool for a, for a bit. But, yeah, against Porto, it was disappointing. They only had two shots, one on target. And, you know... You can tell that they've been play, they've been on the back foot in the Champions League because so far in three games they faced 65 shots against. Only one wow. team has faced more shots, and that's Sheriff Tiraspol, who faced 80, 80 shots. So Milan have been, we can tell you, they've been pretty dominated by at least 
two out of three uh, games. The problem with Milan is that they got a lot of injuries at the moment. Uh, Theo Hernandez and Ibrahim Diaz, they got COVID. We don't know whether they're going to be negative by uh, Sunday. Uh, Rebic might be out. Florence is out. Messias hasn't played. So, you know, the, the squad out of a sudden is not that deep, although they strengthen it in the summer. Uh, I think what could happen is that maybe if they go out of the Champions League, this could be a blessing in disguise because then they concentrate on the league and be really competitive and do perhaps what Inter did last season. They went out of the Champions League very badly and then they had only the league to concentrate and they won the league in a spectacular uh, fashion. But anyway, they're doing better than last year already in the league. Two more points than last year. And, you know, just to tell you, to give you an idea of how well Milan has been doing, or maybe how poor they've been doing in the previous season, at the moment they got 22 points. This is a record since 94-95. So we'll wow. have to go back 22 years, forget Milan, at this season with 22 points. So he has to be respected, especially their away forms. Last year, they were the best away teams. They were able to wait and counterattack. They picked up so many points. And this season already, they won a Bergamo against Atalanta, drew against Juventus 1-1. They should have won. So don't just write Milan off. However, Bologna uh, at home, uh, they've been good. And I think since Mihailovic reverted back to playing 3-5-2 with three at the back and the two wing-backs, the defense is looking more solid. They're conceding less goals. You know, maybe they should have won at Udine. They were playing against a man, so they must have a few uh, regrets. And, you know, I think uh, uh, the fact that they got Arnautovic up front and Barro and and uh, and, uh, and um, San Soriano uh, behind him, it's working, especially in that 3-5-2 uh, system. They can concentrate more on attacking. Musa Barro, by the way, the only player who scored three goals and provided three assists so far in Serie A. So he's really doing well. Look, I think I'm, we can expect goals. Very difficult to call the outright market. Let's go for a cautious one, because if you go for over three goals, which pays, by the way, 209, if the game finishes 2-1, 3-0, you have not lost your stakes. But obviously, if there is a fourth goal, you won 209. So just try to cover your back a little bit. Definitely tough game to predict the final outcome. I believe uh, AC Milan will be looking to retabulate after yet another unpleasant defeat in Champions League. But only time will tell. And then on Sunday, we have the early kickoff. Atalanta taking on Udinese. The odds for a home win are really low here. And for me personally, there's no value at, at this point. Uh, because Atalanta is sixth Big with 14 figure. points, while Odinese struggles with uh, three consecutive draws and three consecutive defeats prior to that. But still, I'm not sure the final outcome here it deserves. I mean, it's not really easy to bet on uh, for me for Atalanta, but maybe the uh, goals market seems a little better. It could be, however, Udinese, they are not renowned for scoring many goals. They found it very difficult to score a goal last season. This season, okay, they scored four in the last two, but they don't have a great striker or a scorer of great goals. Okay, having said that, the Portuguese Beto has scored two goals already, back-to-back. -back. And, you know, last year uh, he scored 11 in Portugal for Portimoense. So maybe he's another great coup from Udinese 
always scouts around the world, and this is the next big thing. But he needs to, he needs to, you know, he needs to give, be consistent. Either way, I think Udinese is always a team that has got a great uh, fighting spirit. Uh, they fight till the end. That's really uh, what their supporters want. That's the that's always been the the blueprint of this team. It's not a team that is hard to beat, that surrender easily. And I think they will do the same uh, in uh, Bergamo. Okay, uh, I think it's a team that overall is weaker than last year because, you know, uh, they got uh, rid of Deulofeu, they sold him, they got rid of the goalkeeper, Musso. Again, they haven't found a great goal scorer apart from perhaps Beto. For, so I think Gotti has to work with the, uh, material that is not quite there. Also because, you know, a few of the signings that they did in the summer, for example, Isaac's success is still injured. Uh, we'll see because for this one, they will be without probably the best player who's Pereira, suspended. Is he going to play? I'm really curious if Gotti will play the 19-year-old Samarjits, who they bought, who they bought from Leipzig. He, they say a lot good things about him. He already scored one goal in Serie A, but he never started. Is it going to be the time we'll see him? Anyway, uh, it seems that Deulofeu is, again, inspired for Udinese. He hit the post against Bologna. Again, they came back into a game. was not easy because they were with 10 men. And uh, Atalanta, we saw them yesterday at Old Trafford. Really mm. good 45 minutes. Uh, then uh, a little bit unlucky because they missed the Miral because of injury. Man United came back. I think Atalanta showed a little bit of lack of character or lack of experience on the international stage. Yes, they played three or four seasons in Europe, but they're not quite there with the top teams who can close games down. But nonetheless, I think they're playing the right way. They're proposing football, they're you know, keeping possession, they're attacking. So, yes, it is disappointing to lose from 2-0 to, to, up to 3-2, but they can take a lot of positive. The problem with Atalanta at the moment, they got a lot of assentees, apart from Demiral, Toloi, Hatteberg, Gosens, Pessina, Jim City. So, again, the, the team looks a little bit thin at the moment. Um, yeah, I think Atalanta might scrape it through, might win it. But uh, I think it, last year they lose a few games after the Champions League. It's never easy for them to do mm. uh, Wednesday, Sunday. I'm going to go for a double chance in the first half, which, you know, look at the odds. Look how good it is. X2 in the first half, 190. Yes, they, they will definitely be uh, tired from this high-level game last night. And you could see in the last 10-15 minutes, uh, Man United were putting a lot of pressure and they just couldn't cope. So I expect them to be a little bit tired and yeah. um, draw on the half-time. It's, it's very reasonable. Also, I was looking myself for the goals market because head-to-head -head, uh, last season they had 3-2. 1-1, 2-3, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of goals. You could go for the of, over uh, 2.5. Could be, could be, could be an idea. But again, check the lineup. Check who plays for Atalanta because you know uh, yeah. sometimes they're stuttering a little bit initially. But let's yeah. see. Uh, relying only on history is not is not in, enough. You never know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Then we have uh, Fiorentina and Cagliari. Uh, another interesting game to predict because the hosts are currently ninth uh, with 12 points. Uh, I think they're in desperate need of a win because they lost consecutively to Napoli and Venezia. Cagliari is currently the second worst team in the league with six points. They're sitting also as the second worst team on the away games. So a win for Fiorentina is what the bookies expect and probably what most people expect. Yeah. But to be honest... I'm not really sure. 
for some reason, I prefer the under 2.5 goals market. And, you know, because the, the last three head-to-head -head games, there were only one goal scored in total. Yeah, but I think in the last three years, Fiorentina were way poorer than this year. Uh, yes, okay, the results, perhaps Fiorentina have been disappointing in the last couple of weeks, but you can tell what they're trying to do and what the new manager, Vincenzo Italiano, is trying to do. It's a different way they play football, 4-3-3, more attacking, more possession-based, they press really high, even with the wing-backs and the centre-backs, sometimes they press high. Uh, the thing is that sometimes, uh, sometimes they said Fiorentina starts the games too quickly, especially against the top teams, like against Inter and Napoli, they they are very aggressive in the first 30 minutes, then they run out of petrol and they end up conceding. Against Venezia was a little bit different. I think they were flat at the beginning. They were caught in behind too many times. They conceded and then they were a little bit confused. But again, maybe a little, we have to excuse them because after the international break, they played a team uh, that perhaps was a little bit fresher and had some issues. The, the, thing, the problem is... Uh, uh, Italiano, the manager, has got a, an idea, but he's changing the formation a lot. You know, eight eight games, eight different formations, especially at the centre-backs. He plays Milenkovic, but then he changes always Igor, Martinez Quarta, Nastasic. I mean, who's playing? Who's who's the regular the regular starter? Also, because Fiorentina is not playing in the cups, so I don't understand why he's changing too mm. much. Maybe he wants to get all the players used to the to the system, and then also there is a big issue: Dusan Blaovic. We know he's not going to renew his contract with Fiorentina. We know in the summer he could have gone to Spurs or to Inter for sixty millions. They didn't want to sell him. He's going to live on a free now. What sort of reception is he going to get from his own fans? They're going to basically live with him, knowing he's going to live. Who knows? Maybe he might live and even live in January. So this is going to be a burden for Fiorentina. Let's see how they react. However, they show, um, they've show they shown some improvements so far this season. Uh, Cagliari, on the other hand, on Sunday against Sampdoria, they've shown finally the quality they have because everyone's saying Cagliari's got so many quality players, they should do better. They need to put more fighting spirit into it. And actually, they did. Uh, with Keita Balde, with Nandez, with Jao Pedro. So uh, the elements are all uh, there. They're not uh, doing really well so far this season, minus four points compared to last year. So they still have a way uh, to go. And they are the third worst defense with 17 goals conceded. They depend a lot in this moment from Jao Pedro, from the star player. He scored 56% of, of the total team goals. Hmm. No one in Serie A a score has a better percentage of goals scored for his team. So basically, they are almost a one-man team there up front. Hmm. Um, Odds for I think Fiorentina is going to win it. Odds are low, so I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to give you something a little bit more creative. Asian handicap corners. I know Alvaro, my friend, loves that. Asian handicap corners minus two, which pays 2.18. Let me explain it because I never used that one. So basically, if Fiorentina takes five corners and Cagliari takes two corners, you're winning because, you know, there is a minus two on the Asian handicap. If Fiorentina takes two corners and Cagliari takes zero corners, you have not lost your stake. Is that right, Daniel? Exactly, correct. And uh, actually, betting on corners is one of my favorite things. And last night, I lost because Bayern oh, All right, corners. <laughs> okay. And uh, someone in the channel is saying, thank you for your Akka. Unfortunately, I played my own Akka and I played myself. <laughs> okay. If I was playing your Akka, I would be happy man today, tonight. But 
what to do. But sometimes you have to follow your own instincts. I mean, here it's, it's not that we have got the crystal ball here. Exactly. Eh? I mean, we're not magicians. Oh, otherwise, no. we'll be millionaires. We just try to <laughs> analyze with a little bit of fun the games and give you some tips. Exactly. But be sure that you follow us all the season. I'm sure you'll be winning. Definitely, 100%. And uh, up next is coming Verona Lazio. Uh, Verona is in really good shape at home, defeating Roma and Spezia. They also scored plenty of goals this season, 17, but they're quite leaky on the back against uh, 17 goals. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Lazio is definitely boosted after beating Inter with 3-1 in the last domestic game. The Eagles are playing in Europa League as we speak. Uh, tough match against Marseille and I think it ended 0-0. It did. And they should be tired after this one. And also not convincing on the road at Serie A so far. So maybe, uh, I don't know what to expect here. Eh, this is going to be a tough one. I mean, the nil-nil with Marcel, by the way, I watched it a bit, is not a true reflection of how the game went because Lazio had a few chances. Uh, Paul Lopez, the Marseille goalkeeper, was good. So Lazio could score a couple. Uh, they didn't. And it's interesting because Sarri played a lot of his first-team players. He played Immobile. He played uh, Felipe Anderson. Of course, he played Acerbi and Luis Felipe, who going to be suspended for this one. So Lazio have got a problem at the back but you know credit to Lazio because so far this season they've been winning the big games they've been winning against Inter the beginnings away Roma they don't give up easily it's a team that is not yet Sarri's team possession based quick interchanges quick passes kind of playing by memory but it's a team that is really hard to beat and if you give them a chance to go back into the game they might punish you I like Lazio the weekend because after equalizing against Inter Sarri made some attacking changes he brought in Lazzari right back who's very attacking and Luis Alberto who was left out of the initial squad and they took on the game to Inter I think that in the end they were worth worthy winner okay sometimes Luis Alberto very creative and Milinkovic Savic seems to be a little bit outside Sarri's tactics but they are only the only one who can really disorganized teams, unlocked teams. So let's see if he starts again with Luis Alberto or not, if he puts him on the bench. He really needs it. Anyway, they are scoring goals. They scored five more goals than last season. Uh, they need to basically be uh, consistent. And they're going to play a Verona team that looked really good in Milan against Milan for 50 minutes. They were 2-0 up. And I like the fact that since Tudor came on, they are playing with two strikers and Barak behind him, and they look a better team. They're very direct. Uh, they they're physical, so you know they can pose you problems. Uh, Lazio to struggle here a little bit, um, possibly. Verona to take the lead, two twenty. Hmm. Very interesting analysis. I wouldn't expect. Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm a bit surprised, uh, but maybe you will be correct uh, based on what everything you said. Um, then we have the first most expected game, I, 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 I would say, of uh, March Day 9, Roma and Napoli. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, it's interesting because we have the best home team and the best away team going toe-to-toe. The odds are for the outright market are very close to each other. And, uh, you know, after losing to Juve in the last round, I'm sure Mourinho, we want to make Spalletti's life miserable on Sunday. <laughs> Meanwhile, what to say about Napoli? They're just flawless, flying through the league, eight wins in a row, score goals and are rock solid at the back. 
they are playing Ligia uh, at home as we speak, uh, at the, the Europa League. Wow, Roma took a massive beating by Bodoglin yes. 6-1. I'm not even sure what, what happened. Did they play with uh, reserves? They uh, did. They did, but still it's inexplicable. 6-1 six... defeat in the in the Conference League to Norwegian Bode Glimt. Yes, you no have way. to look it to uh, really believe it. Yes, Mourinho played the second uh, team in the first half and they were losing 2-1. Then, then he put uh, Shomudorov, El Sharao, etc. And then they conceded a four. Basically, every time Bode Glimt was kicking the ball upfield, they were scoring embarrassing i mean and he came so so early i think that tells you that perhaps Mourinho is not gonna stick with the reserves anymore the first team is gonna play until they got zero energy and this is gonna be a massive shock for roma which i'm sure you know they'll probably progress in the conference league but in the in the week of playing napoli they really should have done better okay mm. uh, let's see how they react for what i've seen so far in the league they're playing the right way. So uh, they are uh, playing, they're trying to dominate the game, which they did at, uh, for some parts against Juventus. They're creating chances. They're on the front foot. You know, they're sometimes they're direct. They got good players that can play uh, the ball. And, you know, I think the chances for them to score are always going to come. Uh, they need to uh, be uh, more, uh, more clinical, of course. So far, they won all the four games at home. So they got a good record. Um, and the thing that what has changed so far this season is that last season with Fonseca, they were never turning up for big games. They didn't have the big games mentality and they were losing most of the times against the big teams. In fact, they lost twice against Napoli. This year, okay, they lost against Lazio and they lost against Juventus, but they were unlucky in both situations. They got more of a fighting mentality thanks to Mourinho. What they are missing, they're missing to be clinical and they're missing Zaniolo, who last year was very was injured and this year it's not quite there to be the spark, uh, to ignite them and to unbalance other teams. He might be injured for this one, so check the lineups. He definitely didn't uh, play... Uh, today, but I think Roma knew that they play better than Juventus, so they're going to be confident. See what happens now after this uh, big defeat. And they play a Napoli side that, you know, not only they won every single game uh, in Italy, but also they look so well drilled, they look so well coached, and so determined. Everyone seems to know what they're doing. Uh, players know, this, know, know their place. Uh, Spalletti is really... Uh, changing the mentality of mm. uh, the team. Now, Spalletti returns to Rome. He's been there. I'm sure he wants to get a win also because of the way he left in the last uh, season. Uh, playing against Legia Varsavia for the first time the, tonight, Osimen is not starting, which I think is a good idea to give him a rest. But otherwise, Spalletti hasn't made a lot of changes. He's a must-win game. Let's see what happens. In my previous video, I said both to score. Let's see. Let's see if it actually happens. Anyway, the last seven games uh, between Rome and Napoli, five have ended with two, two over 2.5 goals and three with over 3.5 goals. So mm. you could go with the goal market with an over 2.5 goals, over three. These are all good odds. But for this one, I think, uh, uh, look, I'm not sure if Napoli uh, are still going to be on a perfect record comes Monday. I don't think they're going to lose this one. So I'm going to go for a nation handicap zero, which the odds are very good. 188. They might change after Roma defeat tonight. But last time I looked, I think they were good. So Napoli is going to get zero if they draw 
you don't you don't lose your stake. Yeah, yeah. I also uh, expect um, everything but a, a lose from Napoli because um, for me, Mourinho getting sacked is always a good bet. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not, it's, it's not gonna get. It's not gonna get sacked. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see at the end we'll of the stay. season. And finally, the cherry of Sunday's Serie A cake is most definitely Inter and Juve. In the last round, Inter slipped against Lazio and lost 3-1. Erran in the front of yet another tough test here at San Siro. They won comfortably against Sheriff in the UCL uh, two nights ago and got another win at home against their big rivals. Uh, well, actually, if they get this win, will be uh, priceless for the fans That's of Nerazzurri. Meanwhile, Juve finally found their pace in Serie A, winning game after game, most recently against Roma. And in the Champions League, they lost. Um, they also defeated a tough opponent last night, Zenit, 1-0. And I think this is going to be a massive game for both teams. Oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is the game, one of the games of the seasons, of course. It's the Derby d'Italia. It's such yeah. a massive rivalry. And uh, yes, I mean, uh, between it's got, obviously we know Napoli has won all the games, but before the start of the season, everyone said it's either Inter or Juventus this season. Now, look, they both come from two wins in the Champions League, different wins. Juventus so far is a team that uh, is a one-nil team. It's a team that they know they're not playing really well. Uh, they know they still have got problems in retaining the ball, in creating a lot of plays, but they're playing simple. After a very difficult start, Allegri has steadied the ship, reverted back to a 4-4-2, uh, put Chiesa as a second striker, and now, you know, they got the quarter quality to deliver ball into the boxes. They score from crosses, from headers. So it's a very simple way of scoring, but it's effective and they're keeping it tight at the back. So it's a hard-working midfield that, uh, you know, doesn't allow the opposition too many chances, although with, with Roma they did, and they can always find a way to score. So I think obviously they got a much stronger belief at the moment. I think it will come the time when Juventus will play well, but for now, that's enough for them. Now, obviously, let's see against Inter, who's a quality team, plays at home. A home has got a, a great record. Last year, beat Juventus 2-0 at home, best game of the season. Let's see what happens, because if obviously if Juventus leaves the ball too much to Inter and the quality strikers that they have, they could be in uh, trouble. So, so uh, let's see, because also Inter... It's uh, it's finding their balance as well. It's a team that sometimes commits perhaps too many players forward and they get countered. Also, against the Sheriff Tiraspol, they had a few risky situations, definitely against Lazio. Uh, they need to understand when is the right time sometimes to sit a little bit, not commit too many players. But, okay, they are attacking more. It's a team that with Inzaghi has changed the way they play. He's not just playing on the counter most of the time as they did with Conte. And of course, because, you know, they change your personnel, Lukaku, Jacko uh, is not Lukaku, he's a different kind of player. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they haven't got Akimi on the right-hand side, so again, he's a, he's a different proposition. But, uh, you know, Inter has been playing well, but not well consistently. I don't think we're going to see the same game as uh, last year uh, when Juventus came quite unprepared to play Inter in Milan with a few young players with a system that they don't really knew. I think it's going to be a tight one. So under 
is always a good marker for this one, but go in the second half under 1.5 goals in the second half, 190. So basically what you're saying, one goal or no goals in the second half, almost doubles your stake. But again, if you want to put a double chance in any of those two, again, is a good bet, something for your rack. Uh, this is going to be, well, definitely a game to watch. What can I say? Yes, it will, it will certainly be a different uh, derby in Italia without Lukaku and Cristiano in both teams. But uh, I'm sure the energy will be there, as always. So, the best time of the show. <laughs> Aka, Dani Zaka, what can we do tonight? Okay, let's see if the magic, again, after midweek. <laughs> so, five games, and I chose uh, the, not, 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 not the worst odds, but, you know, the, the things are slightly more likely than what I told you so far. Okay, let's start. Torino to win on Friday. Sassuolo win. Bologna and Milan both to score. Atalanta, Asian handicap minus one against Udinese and Verona Lazio both to score. And the total odds that you can see on the graphic is 12.51. Perfect. I think we analyzed everything about Serie A March Day 9. And if you enjoyed the show, guys, please like it, subscribe to the channel and hit the bell to never miss your show. Tomorrow we are back with La Liga and Premier League live streams. So stay with us and remember stay on the right side of the money always see you, see later. you bye 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 ciao ciao